through the hourglass. Today is the longest day of my life. Welcome back to The Longest Days of Our Lives, a 24 fan cast. It is day two, hour 18, and I am one of your hosts, Jack Bauer, super fan, Mike Cushing. And I am another one of your hosts, 24 newbie, Curtis Perry. And I am running out of time, and also Michael Howard. Oh, also Michael Howard. Also, but Hello. I'm also running out of time. Hello, running out of Jack's, time. I'm dead. Jack says that 18 times this episode. I know, it's so It's good. a lot. It is. It is a lot. Okay, guys, I have two notes for this episode. One, I didn't. There, everything, everything happens, <laughs> and I have none notes for it because just everything happens at all the times. Yeah, there was. But also, there was a time where I just stopped for a while. Uh, uh, it was that minute one through thirty-eight? <laughs> pretty much the whole thing. Because I took no notes other than <laughs> gunfire. <laughs> Which, speaking of gunfire, everyone please take 18,000 <laughs> drinks for this episode. I've started to notice that my notes are just basically rejected jokes. Like, I just type things that might be funny to say, and then I realize later that they're not. And every once in a while, I get like one gem. That's that's my notes. If I've learned anything about this show, it's that anything you write beforehand is not funny <laughs> at fucking all it's all the things that we're like oh you know what tom hanks would do in this situation that he'd play fucking chopsticks funny. right on that, that wasn't funny right Did on you that write that down fuck you that wasn't funny at all <laughs> anyway we open up it is 101 and 34 seconds in the morning <laughs> and uh, Jack and Jonathan Wallace, the Coral Snake lieutenant, are pinned down behind a car with commandos coming at them from both sides of a L.A. industrial alley. There is, all caps, quote, lots of gunfire from my notes, because <laughs> I am eloquent and to the point. And yet it takes like 30 minutes for anyone to get hit. Yeah, well, yeah, what... um, so we have a sustained firefight, and generally speaking, we, in this show... Drink for guns pointed at anyone for more than three seconds. Yep. Mm-hmm. If a gun is fired after those three seconds, which you gotta in this point should be amended to during those three <laughs> seconds. Um, and if anyone is killed, you take a drink. Mm. Um, yeah. So within the first two minutes of this firefight, three people get killed from the Jack Bauer, Jonathan Wallace, and Yusuf Ayuda's side of the field. Go home, team. What's up? Please take three drinks, my dudes. Yusuf is kind of a badass. He goes through Jack's, like, Jack bag in the back of his in the back of his SUV. He goes through it like a pro. He knows exactly what he's looking for. Yusuf is the most effective fighter in this engagement. Right. Yeah. But one question about their opposition. Who the fuck are these chuckleheads? <laughs> Yeah, so right, they they're in an elevated position, mm. firing at four assholes and can't hit one of well, them. One of them has a gun use... that she doesn't know how to use. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> they regularly use the word "commandos" to describe these fellows, <laughs> and so obviously, so we find out later this is a commando unit hired by the people that have previously hired Jonathan Wallace and the Coral Snake unit. So. The people who paid the Coral Snake unit enough money to betray the DOD mm-hmm. 
have now decided after Jonathan Wallace killed the entirety <laughs> of that unit that they should hire some rank amateurs to take over and shoot them. These are just like the low budget dudes who Yeah, this it's, is it's the C squad. I feel like we're in a old lady that swallowed a fly kind of situation here where it's just they keep throwing they keep throwing commandos after commandos. I want to let before we let's let's break this down real quick. Uh-huh. And this is this is a thought I just had. <laughs> okay. So this cabal yep. hired Coral Snake. Hired like paid Coral Snake enough money Delta to super nuclear bomb. Sealed. Like basically they paid enough money to bribe a Delta Force unit to uh-huh. betray their country yep. and blow up a nuclear bomb yes. to a to maybe get enough influence for the DOD to go to war with right. someone. They didn't think they were betraying their country. They thought they were doing the right thing for their country, technically. Man, right? we have yes. so much information about how this is the worst idea yeah. for how to increase hey, but, oil prices hey, but, in the Hey, but guys, <laughs> let's real quick take one step back. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, someone else wanted Jonathan Wallace, the captain or lieutenant of that group, to not make that happen. Mm-hmm. And for the bomb to legitimately go off. So they paid him to kill everyone in his unit. More than the cabal was already paying him. Yes. Yes. Exactly. So they paid that. They have also paid a group of shitheads <laughs> to bomb CTU uh-huh. multiple times. Yep. Uh, Kill a couple randos for no reason. And like- two different teams to get Jonathan Wallace. The guy they've already paid to betray his unit. Yes. And also to smuggle the bomb into L.A. and then, like, kill each other. And th- there's a lot of layers of this dumbass fucking conspiracy. <laughs> also, so, no, fuck. They also paid at least two teams of second wave conspiracy That's guys. True. Yeah. And, and other people to kill a CIA operative's family and kidnap them. Okay, so we're conservatively at more money than you could ever possibly make from oil. Right. Like, there's no way, like, even if you quadrupled your oil profits for, I think the quote was for four years <laughs> in the Caspian Sea, like, Caspian Sea does not produce that much oil. Hey, this sounds like plausible deniability, <laughs> my dude. Oh, good point, good point, good point. Um, I, we, we could never. We could never How come up with a plot this this plan. <laughs> we couldn't possibly make that much money. Um, so they kill Jack Jack and Co. Thrill, thrill and also kill. <laughs> thrill and kill. Three different people from the uh, various balconies and banisters mm-hmm. of the uh, fire escapes and, and landings of this. <laughs> the this, Acme henchman. <laughs> this Acme henchman. And um, so Jack is trying his best to fight off the commanders above him. And uh, he lets Yusuf Ayuda, the Pakistani, maybe, <laughs> agent, know that there are agents on both sides of the alley that they're in. And uh, yeah, they just close the door and they go inside and they just leave Yusuf out there all by himself. Right. Like, hey, and six dudes, you might want to get them, bros. So, in the moment, so Jack realizes that they need to get the fuck out of Dodge <laughs> and back into a building. And so he tells Wallace to give him the keys, and then he runs to the back of the car uh, where Wallace had previously shoved Kate Warner. And Jack, Wallace, and Kate are uh, able to run inside the building, and then Yusuf runs down an alleyway towards Jack's car where he eventually finds 
Way more guns. Yes. All the guns. Um, <laughs> way so, more guns uh, than any one man who isn't a government agent should ever have. Ever. Well, th- to be fair, he is a government agent. <laughs> He's not this government's agent. But he does put it to good judicious work for the United States of America. Mm-hmm. Um, so... While they, uh, Jack and Kate and Wallace retreat back to Wallace's original position inside the factory building. And, um, Wallace explains that these are commandos, mm, yeah. which we didn't really touch on this a second ago, is a generous term for what these people <laughs> are because they are literally just cannon fodder for Jack Bauer and all his many bullets. Yeah. Yeah. These dudes uh, don't even have names on the wikia. So. They definitely weren't yeah. anything special. So Wallace just explains, these are commandos from my employer who's trying to kill he me. He just means they know dudes that don't wear underwear, them. doesn't he? Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And Jack, Jack asks him, how the hell... Sorry. I just wrote a very confusing <laughs> sentence in my notes. <laughs> Jack asks how the hell Wallace knew does not know how they found him. <laughs> Yeah, let's let's break that down. Let's diagram that sentence. I want you guys to to ask me what you think I thought I was writing when I wrote that sentence. Somewhere in between Jack Jack is trying to Jack figure out how they how knew, the hell how the hell the Walt- new Wallace does not know how they found him. It sounds like you have multiple personalities and they're both trying to write a sentence. And they're <laughs> they're an alternate they're reality. And they invited, a, they invited a third friend who'd seen the show. <laughs> How do you not know what I didn't want? <laughs> what? <laughs> so we cut back to Yusuf, who is running back to Jack's CTU van, and he radios Jack to let him know. We're just going to skip over Jack and Wallace's confusion because it's really my confusion. <laughs> um, so he radios Jack to let him know that he's going to go find a better vantage point over the the alleyway. And um, Wallace says, we should just have Yusuf cover us while we escape, <laughs> okay. which seems convenient for him. And um, Jack says, I don't know how many people are out there. So what does he do to find out? Calls Michelle. Michelle Dassler at CTU. Mm-hmm. And he says, give me them satellite feeds and heat maps. And Wallace at first is like, no, no, no. We're not, we're not calling CTU. Do this my way or none ways. He says something about being offline, too. Well, yeah, we'll get to this. Okay. And I, ha- I, I am. So first of all, we're, we're going to do this in a second. So Yusef radios Jack and says, another Humvee has arrived. And uh, Jack says, Hey, Wallace, another car's here. We're running out of time. Please take a drink. And uh, we're not going to survive if we don't call your person. In, if if I'm not allowed to call my person inside, Michelle, and get infrared satellite of this entire situation. And um, he he assures Wallace that he won't jeopardize his identity. But um, Wallace says, are the satellites offline? And Jack says, uh, yeah, and I don't know how sa- infrared satellite tra- tracking is offline from anything. I I didn't understand anything he was saying. It was like they were just yeah. He says, "Oh, it's not gonna." Yeah, is it offline? Is what offline? Are they? Is he saying? Well, he, is he, mean he means like, he means can other people see the satellite? The books? Which 
nah, fam. That's it's a satellite. Well, I was wondering, was he asking about the satellites or was he asking about his communication with Michelle? Like, was he saying, is this offline or is this like in our government record or something? I I don't know. Like, <laughs> it just, just doesn't make any sense. Like, it, it it sounds like, is this a private line? Yes. Like, in. But I don't think you can just do that with satellites. Like it's tracked. They're they're tracked by so many fucking people. No, like, no, I'm the only person who I, look. Look, I have the satellite from nine fifteen to nine thirty every day. It's mine. It's offline. This is Michelle Dessler's satellite. You can't. I only get to see it at, at one o four in the morning, and only one o four in the morning. I have exclusive rights to this satellite, especially on a night after a, a nuke has gone off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, this is mine now. Thank you. Um. And then we get kind of the another tooth like early two thousands tech bullshit thing. Um, Jack calls Michelle to uh, kind of get access to the satellite feeds, and Michelle answers. And Jack asks her, "Hey, is this line secure?" And she says, "Oh yeah, my cell is scrambled." Which <laughs> I only remember being a thing in the early 2000s from the Left Behind books by Tim LaHaye and whatever the fuck his oh, co-author was. God. Uh, but like literally that <laughs> was the most recurring theme from literally every character when they Scrambled were trying cell to phones? Out- outwit the Antichrist. <laughs> <laughs> like literally don't worry, we have scrambled we cell scrambled phones. Our cell phones. <laughs> It'll be fine. The Antichrist cannot find us. He only uses cell signal. Yeah. Don't worry. He's not the devil. Our cell signal he's, scramble. He's not. He's not the devil. Yeah. AT&T is. <laughs> that, that's actually true. Comcast. They also have Xfinity Mobile now. Might be the devil. No. No one really knows who the devil is in the mobile market at this point. But one of those fuckers is the Antichrist. Pro- probably oh, all of them. You don't, under, you don't understand they are that's telecom is the devil that, oh it's like a hive mind devil who who bought us the internet and then bought us social media Banks. they all work in the devil the devil the devil, the devil made do it well michelle and tells jack to not call her on any agency numbers because she is being monitored she knows she knows which which yo fam I'm going to guess if you're at Langley right now, um, your cell phone ain't at your desk, friend. <laughs> yeah. At least I hope not, for Christ's sake. <laughs> well, uh, Tony later says something like, oh, you always bring your phone into the bathroom. He's like, yeah, fuck you, Tony. Yeah, I do. Oh, yeah, yeah. By the way, that like there, there are a couple <laughs> things where like if you ask this question like 10 years later, because like, I get this is 2002, 2003. Like, if you ask that question in 2014, it's like, oh, you bring your toilet into the, into the, sorry, you bring your phone into the toilet? Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm reading Twitter, shithead. Yeah. Yeah, bro. I get, I get soups depressed when I forget my phone. Man. Oh my God. That's the worst. I've almost <laughs> tried to push it back up in it. on this crapper? Yeah. <laughs> wow, I don't even want to be here anymore. It's like, I yeah, don't even have no, to my go Kindle, anymore. My Kindle app is on my phone <laughs> and this is the 10 minutes a day I get to read my novels. My stories are my time. <laughs> Fuck you, Tony. <laughs> I'm going to put this poop right back up in my butt and go get my phone. I don't have time birds, for bro. this. <laughs> Um, so Jack says, Hey, guess what, Michelle? You were right. Syed Ali's recording is fake, and the president is about to invade and bomb and maybe nuke the Middle East. 
based on falsified information. And Michelle says, the Middle East, all just of it. The Middle East. It's on the Middle East. Just Jesus, all of it. Middle East is damn. <laughs> <laughs> and Michelle says, uh, "You got any of that proof that everyone's always asking for?" And um, Jack says, "I'll get it and eventually." I got it. It's right in my other pants. It's in my other, it's in my non-work pants. Yeah. And Michelle says, well, that'll be difficult because Tony is on to me. And Jack just says, well, I need infrared satellite on my location right now. We're surrounded. Yousef is standing behind a dumpster (laughs) and we need all the information on where all the bad guys are right now. And uh, he hangs up and then he lets Yousef know that, um, They'll have some more intel in a couple minutes. And then everyone goes to secure their positions. And we get a tiny clock at 105. Please take a drink. And uh, we cut back to the convenience store mm. where all the bad shit is happening because Kim Bauer's there. And um, Ramon Garcia, the uh, the gentleman who shot the liquor store owner and held Kim Bauer hostage, um has been arrested, and Kim asks if he's going to be all right. And the deputy says he'll be all right, um, but... Um, Except for when he goes to prison in five minutes. <laughs> right, for murder? Yeah. And he says, well, don't worry. We'll we'll say that you reported it as an accidental shooting. Um, but I do have to explain where he got the gun from. Mm. And as the ambulance pulls away, Kim Bauer says, well, it was mine. And then, as soon as he says, well, I can't really believe that. I don't know okay. why you were doing it with a gun. <laughs> what does she say? Y'all, I, I don't understand. Um, White people? If No, no, I was going to say, I was going to say, I need the, our, our dear listeners um, and all our fan um, to, to, to picture in your head all of the legumes that exist <laughs> on the planet. All of all of the sweet yeah. beans that you've ever seen mm-hmm. or known about in your yeah. life. That's a lot of beans. Right? Tons of beans. Kim Bauer spills three times that many beans at this moment. Kim Just Bauer buried in beans. new kinds of beans that no one even <laughs> knew about, and the cops didn't really want to know about. Mm. <laughs> if you even, even Mr. Bean was included in this. <laughs> Kim Bauer literally drops Rowan Atkinson on this cop's head. <laughs> mm-hmm. Even Butterbean. Butterbean, the says, the, the, the boxer, just <laughs> right on top. She says, someone gave me that gun, and I'm Kim Bauer. And I and murdered people. what does people. she say? <laughs> I escaped from a, a police vehicle earlier. Uh, there's probably an officer. He might be dead. I don't know. Uh, also, uh, where's, where's my boyfriend? <laughs> also, also, I'm a suspect in a murder. In a murder. <laughs> yeah, not even like I didn't do it. Oh. And I don't know if they chose this like specifically, but she said this to a black cop, <laughs> and he just is like, "Uh huh, uh, sure." First of all, she's bad at this. <laughs> but second of all, I get it later. Later on, at first I was like, "Okay, she's just gonna come out and say it." Um, but then later on, I was like, "Yeah, she thinks her." dad died and her mom's already dead last year like i get she just kind of gave up she's still alive though um a couple episodes ago i dunked on kim and jack really 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 hard for him not training her how to use weapons Mm -hmm. i would assume at some point he would also tell her 
just in case. <laughs> hey, if you commit a murder, don't admit it to a cop. <laughs> Even if you haven't committed the murder, don't admit that you are a suspect in the murder. I actually wanted to talk to y'all about this a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so as you know, as a black man, mm-hmm. um, I am given the talk by my parents at a certain age of when you when a, the police approach you, obviously, here's how you can stay alive. Mm-hmm. No. But also given a little bit of, uh, you know, snitches get stitches. I mean, you don't <laughs> talk to them people if you don't need to talk to them people. Mm-hmm. You don't tell why, why tell them stuff they don't need to know. Not your business anyway. Were y'all told that just, just all the, be- like, when you see a cop, you just, you just go, like, full, like, stream of consciousness, everything you, you see that, are done, that is wrong? Uh, no. of his authority? I assume it's officer friendly, and he's gonna let me play with a siren on his car. Yeah, okay. I literally watched a lot of, like, Andy Griffith yeah. shit, and it was like, he's just gonna give me a life lesson and pat me on the butt <laughs> and tell me I'm, send me on my way. <laughs> No, you're supposed to be as disrespectful as possible because what the fuck do they know? <laughs> the, actually, here's the one lesson I learned. Don't punch their fucking horse. <laughs> Don't feed it if it has diabetes. And I learned that one in college because <laughs> I, I saw someone punch a horse <laughs> and that man, that white man went to jail. Yeah, I was like, that's that's all officer. hey, lesson learned. Don't touch don't touch detective puddles <laughs> over there. Here's here's one thing that I learned very early in life. If there's anything that most of white America loves more than police officers, it's police horses. It's, it's animals, yeah. dude. Oh yeah. You don't you're going to jail. You might not you you, you might not make it out that day. Like honestly, if you're a drug dealer and like you have your drugs laced with some sort of shit that's poisonous to a police dog, like you're dead to rights. Mm, they got yeah, you. Yeah. Like they will find. Like white America will hunt you to the end of the earth. And I think I think it, it actually increases to just dog owning America. I'm this, you don't hurt a cute puppo. No, you heard, you I, heard a puppo. You're dead to me. I even see here in here in our beautiful city. There are are some of our drug dogs have actual these big cage muzzles oh, over their face. Noise. But even when I see him in the subway, I'm like, oh, look at a puppy. Because I'm a dog. I'm a dog, dude. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, you don't hurt a puppy. The German Shepherd's a puppy. He's a good, he's a good guy. Unless and, and yet you I'm just running. bought two kitties. I did. Adopted two kitties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't, we don't buy around here. That's a, that gets you shamed. Mm. Does anyone that buy a cat? Shamed. People do, man. From where and how and why? And like, what? like, you know, our cats are all domestic short hair, which is just a fancy way of saying it's a mutt. Right, it's just a cat that, like, an, they used to call it just an alley cat. Okay. Yeah. Right. I mean, um, I, I think I read eighty-five percent of all people. cats are one generation removed from feral. Like yeah, all but, cats, no, but because people, people, people buy like no, people buy like Siamese and Manx cats and Russian blues and like all these like those like straight one coat color cats. Like those are cats that are like purebred cats. Purebred cat. That's an absurd notion to me. Yeah, I mean, any unless cat it's a Savannah cat, same, and then I'll take one of those. So. I mean, I'm gonna get a Savannah cat one day, but any cat has the same priority in life. Uh, you, you're gonna give me food. You will give me somewhere to poop and clean it regularly, and I will let you live. Yeah. And if and if I like you a lot, I will hunt things in your house and make sure they don't come back in here. That's that's the deal. There's no love. Well, speaking of no love, we cut to the uh, district headquarters of CTU in Los Angeles, where mm. David Palmer is uh, watching a news report of. Marietta, Georgia. Yay, oh, right. man, right, right down Marietta. the street from you, 20 Kush. minutes up the road from my hometown. Um, so here's violence so, so across the country. Yeah, I would say, 
Here's my thing. Didn't did the nuke go off at like one in the morning in Georgia or like two in the morning? Yeah. Who the fuck? They're up to do rioting at 4 a.m. now? In uh, Marietta? A- well, a lot of people are at Waffle House. Uh, it's, it's, but let's be honest. I mean, they just said most of America thinks when you say Georgia, you're thinking, oh, it's Georgia. Of course. It's Marietta. No, so it's this a, is. That's a pretty, pretty nice. This is 1 a.m. <laughs> in Los Angeles. So 4 a.m. in Georgia. Yeah. They're going nuts. Yeah. Um, and again, this is a world before Twitter, before the internet. <laughs> like, right. there's no way that these people know about this. Like, yeah, you're basically, what I'm, what I'm saying, folks, you have to be, essentially what you're talking about is an upper middle class neighborhood that must have all been up watching the news at the same time and said, let's go fuck some shit up, y'all. <laughs> let's leave suburbia. Like, and no joke. Our, our, our houses and I go slept fuck up through when we got Bin Laden, because <laughs> I went to sleep at like 10 p.m. one night, and it was like, I remember like... I woke up one morning and like I saw pictures on Facebook of like my friends having like a Bin Laden party and I felt really weird about that. But also I was like, oh, I just missed like a huge thing. There's no way anyone knew about yeah, this. Yeah, that's right. No. Like, people, we had Twitter. The Rock tweeted out the Bin Laden thing before it happened. Right. Yeah, but for that. like nine eleven, like did people really like go out and riot the like morning of nine eleven? No. No, we, we all stayed in our we house all, we and were all, terrified. We and someone was like, hey, yeah. duct tape your windows. <laughs> we all watched the news for the next three weeks. I actually flew on September 15th of 20, uh, 2001 to come come to Chicago for a Cubs well, game. That's the best time. Look at the big that's balls the, on Michael. Man, it, it would that's actually, the, there was literally no one in the airport. It was the creepiest the thing. It was like it. the yeah, fucking man. Langoliers up in there. Everybody, everybody <laughs> afraid now. Uh, guys, should we? We are. 25 are, minutes into let's this. Let's just we skip all the Kim stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're going to skip all the Kim stuff. Anyway, so... Palmer says something quick. about posse uh, coitus. You know? Posse so, 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 so he wants Yeah, so so he wants to put the troops on standby. Yeah, so... Um, um, yeah, yeah, let me... I'll walk you through it real quick. Um, so basically, David wants to deploy U.S. troops on, on American soil. Um, and he, ta- he tells Mike Novick... To have General Bowden uh, call them and, and have troops on standby to control civil unrest. And Mike says, no, can't do that. Um, so they prepare to just like send all of their troops to Marietta, Georgia, specifically, because that's where the media is. So if we concentrate our National Guard troops on Marietta, the rest of the country will get the message that we're not fucking around when it comes to civil unrest. Yeah, because Marietta is the only people that are awake. So all this is so dumb. All right. So Posse Comitata says essentially you cannot deploy the army or the air force on U.S. soil. Yep. Right. The Marines and the Navy and the Coast Guard can be utilized. Whatever. The reason that we have a National Guard is for this shit. So what is the problem? Right. He says something about like they don't have enough (laughs) National Guard to cover everyone. Every state has a National Guard. Jesus, it's four in the morning. (laughs) Like. (laughs) Yeah. Where are we going to get all of our hose cannons at this time of night? <laughs> so uh, we come back to CTU and Michelle has the satellite pulled up and uh, she does some pretty uh, shifty maneuvers because she knows that Carrie Turner, uh, her somewhat romantic rival, is watching her and inquiring about what she's doing. So Michelle kind of just brushes that off and then um, Michelle kind of starts pulling some 
pretty wonky shit. And Carrie goes to Tony to tell him that Michelle is accessing files that she shouldn't. What were you saying about Um, snitches get stitches, Curtis? Yeah. She needs them stitches. So Carrie walks up to Tony and says, Michelle's accessing a satellite and she had just received a call from an untraceable phone. And Tony says, well, that might have been from Division. It might have been. But take a look at what she's looking at. And we cut, we get a tiny clock at 109. Please take a drink. And we see Tony, who's on crutches, and he walks up to Michelle. Uh, sorry, he's watching Michelle as she leaves her computer to go to another station about four desks away. And once again, what the fuck is up with CTU constantly switching between open computers and not locking any of their terminals? Yeah. yeah. This just, is just poor. An intelligence agency. Um, that's how you end up with flip screens, yo. You mm. do that shit all the time. Mm-hmm. Or that's how you end up with someone <laughs> taking a screenshot of your screen and then putting it over your screen, hiding all of your mm. icons, oh, the and then you, it takes you like God. It takes you like fifteen minutes, right? It's, it's so a, good. It's a nightmare. Um, so we cut back to the alleyway. We see Jonathan Wallace looking outside and trying to spot a commando outside, but he cannot see anything. And then Jack radios Yusuf Ayuda and says. The commanders are repositioning. We're we're trying to get satellite trajectory right now, but uh, it'll be a couple minutes. Um, he walks over to look outside, and then he tells Kate that Jonathan Wallace wants to use her to get out of the country. She he just needs Kate and her family's CIA access to the plane and the travel uh, vouchers. Um, and as soon as he has her, he's gonna take her with her and then kill her in the air. Like, is this a thing? And, is this something that you get if you like give information to the CIA or let them pass? You get like you a, get to fly wherever you, you want. You get like a fucking like Chuck E. Cheese like, token for the CIA flight. It's just constantly clear and CIA like like pre-check. You're just in like flight. You just go wherever you want. Oh, you get these. It's kind of how like I can get parking passes for my street. Hey, yeah. can I be honest with you though? If I could get through CIA, like if I could get through security at the airport in like seven minutes every time. I would snitch on everyone I know. I mean, they can pass all the CIA information through my company that they want. Yeah, man. I want that private jet. Yeah, right? let's do no, it. I would oh. call the CIA and be like, I don't know, my neighbor plays music at 2 a.m. She sucks. Probably a terrorist. Are we still doing the communist thing? Is it, is it, can I, <laughs> people are red? Can I say that still? I found this Tumblr. Can I please get on a flight? Oh, man. I, I need to get on this flight. Can you please? Yo, I, I, will will do, it. I will do it. Just, just economy plus. Economy plus. <laughs> just give me that economy plus. I will say one thing. I was a little proud of a Warner. In this moment. <laughs> because I saw Kate's nope reaction actually flash for a second. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then you can see her realize, oh, there's gunfire outside. But she was about to nope. She's like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this, this is where I draw the line. You're going to put me on a plane with a murderer right. <laughs> so he can murder but me. Then, yeah, nah. To her, to her credit, she's like, so I have to be there with him. And she's like, okay. And what does Jack say? He's, he he reiterates that he would not let anything happen to her. And then he's like, at this point, I don't know why Kate would trust Jack, but me as a viewer, I'm like, no. yeah, Jack's not going to let her get on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to happen. And um, so he says that he continues to look outside for more commandos, and we cut back to CTU, and Michelle has like a screen up on on her monitor, and she just sees we're scrolling through dozens of frames of satellite footage constantly. It's like one a second. 
And um, she kind of like looks back over his shoulder to see if Tony is watching, which he is. And Carrie, who is hidden from view, is just watching Michelle look at what's on her screen. And we cut to commercial at 10, uh, 11, or sorry, uh, 1 11 a.m. We cut back at 1 15. Um, we see Kim Bauer being driven away from co- by cops from the convenience store. And uh, she asks how her boyfriend is doing. And um, remember. Officer Rain says, I don't really know anything about that. Um, and but you she asked probably about. Shut the fuck up, lady. Well, yeah. So he, she asks about, How's Officer Brown doing? The one who I almost killed in the car crash. And he says, I don't really know. And he says, The only thing a cop would never say, quote, You're under arrest. So take my advice and don't say anything. Uh, hey, you know that Fifth Amendment thing? Maybe you should should do that a little bit. I mean, did they Mirandize her? They did not. At no point have they shown that. Well, no, but do they? Here's the question, though. Do they have to Mirandize her if she was already Mirandized and in police custody and then she ran away from it? Like, she's still technically been read her rights. (laughs) Well, you need rights to be read for running away from police custody, (laughs) killing, like, (laughs) incapacitating a cop. They can't arrest her for that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna charge her for the actual like leaving <laughs> fleeing scene of an accident causing the crash. It's <laughs> technically a whole new set of crimes. Um, <laughs> She's been Mirandized for the murder. But not- <laughs> so Kim says, "Well, none of that matters." It's double jeopardy. Says, you can't get me for two different crimes. Nope. It's not how it works. <laughs> you can't hire me. You can't. Sorry. <laughs> you can't arrest me for two crimes at the same time. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> If I ever got um, charged with multiple things, multiple counts, <laughs> when they're how do you plead? Well, clearly not guilty because I can't. You can't charge me with multiple crimes. It's double jeopardy, probably quadruple <laughs> jeopardy at this point. So I'm free um, to go. I, you know what? I plead guilty to the shittiest <laughs> crime you have on your list. <laughs> um. So Rain says, "Oh, don't worry. You'll just get your phone call." And Kim says, "I don't have anyone to call." <laughs> And then what does she tell Ray? And then she writes a dashboard confessional song because it's fucking emo as shit. Yeah. Sorry. What does she say? I have no idea. <laughs> she says, My dad was the one <laughs> who's flying the plane. Yeah. And they she don't. Said, My daddy, didn't she? And I don't have anyone anymore. <laughs> and they don't question that, like, wait, so your dad's a terrorist? Yeah. He, he what? That's the response. She said it to three different people, and no one's just like, So your dad nuked fucking yeah. California? What the fuck? Um, but all Reigns does to his non-credit is just look like he flicks his eyes to the rearview mirror at her, and Ooh. that's it. Um, so we see uh, Carrie Turner at CTU. She's highlighting the satellite imagery that Michelle is looking at, and she calls Tony. And she's, I know that she's looking at infrareds, collecting data for about ten minutes, but I can't tell what she's looking at because there are hundreds of frames. And Tony says, "Don't worry about it." I'll deal with this myself. <laughs> oh man! And this will go hobby your ass over there, Tone Boom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> crutch on over. So we get a tiny clock. It's one seventeen, and Michelle walks into the bathroom and calls Jack on her Sprint PDA, and she says there are eleven people outside, including one friendly, Yusef, hiding behind the uh, the dumpster, and Jack uh, gets their percentage on his PDA, and um. Michelle asks, how long do you need to stay dark? Because Tony is watching me. And uh, she hears someone else come into the bathroom and she ends the call. And just as she walks out of the bathroom, what happens? 
Tony, out of nowhere. Tony. You always take your phone with you into the bathroom? <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. Sure do. How am I supposed <laughs> to play this snake, though? Yeah, again, like like we mentioned, it's like if this was three years later, yeah. like, fuck you. Yeah, of course <laughs> I take my... How do you think I play snood, bitch? <laughs> you think these candies crush themselves? No? <laughs> Idiot. Fuck you, Tony. Yeah, I don't know how Tony thought this whole exchange was going to go, but it did. It, there's no way that it went anywhere near how he thought it was going to go. Well, it's kind of... It's weird. It's so weird because... So he's like, you know we've been monitoring comms in and out of this building all day, and if you're breaking protocol, please take a drink mm-hmm. from protocol. And Michelle says, I'm not. <laughs> and Tony just says, okay, then I'll ask again, where's Jack? And what does Michelle say? I have no information. I'm not helping Jack. But <laughs> she's a liar. So she she's just lying. I don't so I don't know where Jack is, but you have to call President Palmer right now <laughs> and advise him not to move on the recording until Jack finishes the investigation. Mm-hmm. And Tony says, so you have talked to Jack. God damn it, Tony, you're dense. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so what does Michelle say? How does this how does this work out? Well, she she basically keeps saying, No, I'm not talking to Jack, but she's saying it in such a winky winky way that it's like, okay, Tony, can we just she's trying to say, like, hey, let's keep this off the books. Help me out here. He's like, Well, I hope you're not lying to me. She's like I literally have been telling you for three minutes that I'm lying to you here. Yeah. Right. And he's trying to swing his dick around. Like, I'm in charge now, Michelle. Okay. Tell right. me. And uh, once again, so Tony says, you work for me now, not for Jack. Tell me what you're doing. And Michelle says, get past your ego. And she tries to walk past him because he's clearly not getting the point. And what does he do? He grabs her. He grabs her. He tries to hulk up. Mm. And this is a man who is... Ankle was broken by being punched in the jaw earlier. I wish she would have just taken his other leg out so he had to walk on two crutches the entire time. No. The rest of the show. His ankle wasn't broken. He tore his ACL been punched in the face. She slaps and like, him to and he's... To her credit, Michelle just toe. looks down at his hand and is like, nah. Nah, fam. <laughs> like, hey, I want that dick, but no. <laughs> no. So you get this dick. (laughs) So she she says once again, I have no information and I'm not helping Jack. And Tony lets her go and just says, you better hope you're not lying to me. (laughs) Oh, my God. It was the fuck you, Tone Bone. She was the most transparent you you could possibly be without coming out and just saying it to his face. And he was just like, yeah, I don't get it. She must not know anything. I'm lying to you for a very good reason. (laughs) Idiot. Um, so we cut back to Jack and he tells Wallace what's going on and they go over, uh, go over a plan to get out of the situation by, so the, <laughs> there's one door that they can run out mm-hmm. and there, the door opens up to an alley, which obviously has two sides of it. And, um, they go over a plan to get out by running between. Between the two groups stationed on either side of the alley and killing them from one <laughs> point where they know they're going to emerge from. So, okay, we have we have two, we have people on either side of us. Well, mm-hmm. The way we're going to get out of this is we're going to run straight down the middle and they'll shoot each other 
Like, oh, wait, they're higher than us. Okay, we'll just run through the middle and hope they don't kill us twice. Like, Well, literally, no joke. One of the responses from Jack is, I'll kill the ones above us. <laughs> Which... All of them? <laughs> All of them. Which, they're, to Jack's credit, and to the massive discredit of the quote-unquote commandos facing them, <laughs> there are two people standing above the door <laughs> that they know Jack is in. You can't shoot through the floor. I've tried. And once again, to their credit, before they run out, expecting Jack and Jonathan Wallace, Kate walks up to Jack and says, I know how to shoot a gun. <laughs> so now they're facing three people from within the building, not just two. I'm going to give you 2.015 people. Mm-hmm. She does get one, though. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> no. No. Jury's she, out. She, the way he, I mean, she gets one because it's like your friend forgot to play how to play Golden Eye. <laughs> <laughs> They thought they were playing slaps only, and she had golden gun. Um, so we get a tiny clock. It's one twenty. Uh, we are back in the Enrock, and Lynn Cressy says she just got off the phone with the Secretary of Defense, asking how long David Palmer is going to give Jack to produce evidence before fail-safe in the orders. Because once again, so stupid. Apparently, bombs can't just be told to yeah. come back in the planes. I, yeah, I love how it's, we, it just makes this mission so much easier. Just give us the old four-hour lead time of <laughs> yes, drop them. I'm hoping that's not the case, though. That's not how we run major bombing operations. Yeah, and apparently uh, they say the secretary is concerned that Jack has up and or so Palmer says Jack has up until the time the bombs are released to give me evidence. And Lynn says, from the secretary's point of view, that's tying the DOD's hands. The longer it takes, the less flexibility they have. And they want to launch. They may want to launch pre-strikes. Um, no, that's not how this which, works. It's which it's again. Li- it like, literally feels like they're just jerking off to this. They're just like, no, come on, let me let me go, man. Just let me go. Just, I can't do this anymore. I can't hold I, it. I got some pre-cum. I need to launch all over the, the, the Middle East, maybe. Um, but it's again, it's like none of the president's advisors have met him before. Like, Lynn should know better. Like, David doesn't want to fucking do that. I just imagine. Mike Novick should know better. Just imagine like a Looney Tunes kind of thing where like they get the call as the bombs like ha- like in midair and he has to like reach up and put it back in i mean like the thing is like you could probably I mean, even like once you send off the missile or it was like before it goes off you could still detonate it like that's that's how we have smart munitions now i mean it might be worse to almost bomb them and let them know that you almost bombed them than just bombing them at that point though it but it, it like it frightens me to think of having a leader who would say Go ahead and carpet bomb an entire area of, you know, just a region of the world indiscriminately um, four hours from now. I'm going to go take a nap. So you guys it. Let me know when it's done. All right. Let me know. What, let me know what happens. But you're the one who called off. I'm good. You guys are good. You That's how I feel clearance. about people who play like FIFA on like the season manager on like sim mode. It's like, yeah, just I don't know. Let me know how it goes. Yeah. I don't really want to play those matches. Uh, I'm sure my pro will be fine. I'm going to score 10 goals. It's going to be great. It's essentially, it's essentially the parenting scene by Adam Sandler in the movie Click. Right? It's just fuck it. Fast forward it. I don't want to do this stuff. This I'm sure I did great. Ah, I did it. Yes. Check out this slow motion boob run. All right. 
Just the good stuff. I feel like that movie could have <laughs> actually been good now. in like oh, <laughs> in like an actual person's hands and not in Adam Sandler's. This was okay, Sandler though. That that this was top five Sandler movie. <laughs> yeah, he was he was only ten years removed from classic Sandler. No, because the top five are Billy Madison and uh, you're gonna name two and Happy right Gilmore. And then That's you watch them one more time, and then you watch <laughs> Billy Madison once more. That's the top five Sandler. Wedding Singer? That's number six. And then Wedding Singer's very, very good. Wedding Singer's six through ten. Then Adam Water Sandler Boy. sitting on Water his own Boy. balls and not being able to film a movie is 11 through 475. No, I give Waterboy number three. Oh, that's yeah. I forgot about Waterboy. See, we're movie. already at four before you get the click. <laughs> Fifty first dates where he basically no, like sexually assaulted Drew Barrymore. No, you're just wrong on that. Fifty no. first dates uh-huh. is dog shit. <laughs> nah, fam. Mm-mm. Big Daddy. Oh, uh, Big Daddy. No, Big, Big Daddy's definitely better than Click. Uh, also, you forgot about Don't Mess with the Zoham. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen it. Is it any good? No one you saw it. Fuck you, you know dude. You know it's based on a true story. Did you know that I? I still. So the problem was it. I was gonna. I, I. It's the type of movie you have to see in the theaters. You know, on the big screen. And once it left, I just. I. I didn't have the heart. Actually, you know what you've really forgotten about? Bulletproof. I don't even know what that with, is. With Damon Wayans. With Damon senior? Wayans. Oh, not bad. Not bad movie. Actually, like not Junior. Yeah. Damon Wayans. Not senior? Junior. No. No. Real. Yeah. The, yeah. the real. Real. Oh. Yeah. Murtaugh. Oh, know. guys, we are. What are we even talking about anymore? I don't know how we got here. <laughs> this <laughs> edit is gonna <laughs> suck for me. Can I say that? It's cool. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, are... I'm gonna sweeten it for you. You just have to listen through seven hours of us rambling. We're at 48 oh. minutes right now. I love you, buddy. We're at 48 minutes, and um, if we just skipped ahead from 122 to like 132, would anyone notice? Now, whatever. No, um, we're, at, we're at. Yeah, they won't. They. I'm gonna. Don't want hey David guys, drop, I'm gonna run through some real U.S. government bullshit real quick. So, mm-hmm. um, Lynn tells David that the Secretary of Defense won't like the fact that his hands are tied, and Palmer says, "Well, that's his problem." And then Mike Novick runs in and says, "Well, there's some civil outrest, you know, unrest outside of the city of Atlanta." Marietta, what's up? <laughs> and um, there are some ad hoc militias who have joined forces and are getting very violent. And uh, Palmer asks stupidly, is this racially motivated? And Mike Novick says, of course. Yes, because <laughs> many, of, <laughs> many of the demographics of the suburb outside of Atlanta are Middle Eastern, which is true. And uh, he puts on a Fox News report, which is hilariously appropriately <laughs> reporting this uh, this threat against uh, Middle Yeah, Eastern they were like really calm and measured and they said normally peaceful Middle Eastern community. But it was Shep, it was Shep Smith, bro. It was, but you know, uh, to be fair, they are they are interviewing a uh, a redneck who's been like, boo, redneck, <laughs> Middle Eastern folks, pew, pew, pew. Um, and they said, we consider ourselves to be in a war situation and we want to intern people. That's just a normal, random citizen <laughs> in, again, this very white bread <laughs> suburb of Atlanta, Marietta. It's just like, yeah, you know what the next step here is? Intern people in prison. Internment camps. That's the, that's that's the answer. <laughs> just good old I don't believe that that guy knew the word internment. Yeah, and again, he he then later says, yeah, the U.S. probably never should have let these naturalized citizens, quote, quote, uh, come into the country. And uh, Mike turns off the report, and this is where uh, Palmer asks where the National Guard is and says that, uh, 
Well, the National Guard is spread too thin, so spread too thin, so we might as well spend all of them to Marietta and shut down this protest. The entire and, National uh, Guard of the United States of America is going to Marietta. And Palmer says, he raises his voice above the middle seat, so please take a drink. He says, I want the people to see how we protect our citizens. The U.S. will not put up with racism or xenophobia. We never have. (laughs) If this is where it's going to start, this is where it's going to stop. Please take a drink. We cut to uh, 123 and we come back at 128. I don't think David Palmer is... Aware enough to be the president of the United States. No. It's like everything he runs into about America politics is just a brand new discovery to him. It's like, racism? What? (laughs) What is that? In Georgia? (laughs) Are are we sure? So uh, at 1.28, we cut back to the uh, the alleyway and we see Yusuf Aido laying down smoke grenades and uh, he is kind of spotting the commandos moving forward, Jack and the team. And um, Jack tells Wallace to take the men on the left while he, sh- he is going to shoot the men above sure. them. So we just get a massive firefight here where Jonathan Wallace walks out of the, the alleyway shooting Two wielding Uzis, spraying some rounds at a goon on a fire escape. Jack shoots a man sitting above the the doorway with his pistol, then shoots to another Uzi. Yusuf goes to grab the SUV, and then as soon as Yusuf starts firing out the doorway of the vehicle, um, Jack and Wallace kind of make their way out into the thing where Kate Kate Warner is following slowly behind them, and then she immediately gets lost and dazed within the smoke of Yusuf's smoke grenades. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's Kate Warner. And she's just standing. She just stops moving. She's just standing out in the open. And somehow no bullets hit her. No bullets hit her, but somehow Jack and Wallace killed three people in the opening salvo of this. Yeah. And um, so Kate runs through the alleyway into a building on the other side. And then somehow she notices someone walking behind her. And then what happens? Oh my god, she points the gun at him for like 25 minutes, drink. <laughs> drink. And he doesn't see and her point of the gun just, at his I'm, back. Like, I'm just like, shoot him, shoot him for the love of God. Fucking shoot him. Mm-hmm. And then he turns around. And then she shoots him. Right in the yeah, chesticles. Yeah, he looks very surprised. <laughs> very, very surprised that that just happened to him. Dude, can you imagine, if you, okay, if you're, you, you are some sort of commando, right? If you've actually seen real combat before, have done some really cool missions... This is who killed <laughs> you. You turn around and Kate Warner kills you. And you're like, motherfucker. Dude, if you got killed by a 117 pound white woman, I'd be pretty pissed. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, you're like, I didn't get Steven Seagal. Got or Warner? even Jack Bauer. Like, at least they'd be Kate, like, yeah, oh, I mean, well, he, he was killed fuck, by Jack fuck Bauer. That. Actually, no. Even if I, not even a commando. If you were the actor. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, guys, no, I want to be an extra in Die Hard Five one day. I can't. Nope. I want. I want to be a. I want to be somebody. I want to die by a real guy. Yeah, it's like Bruce Willis is. You know, oh, I need a. I need. I need somebody who's standing in front of a plane wing to take that right in the face. Yeah. How about this guy? Nah. I saw him killed by Kate, Kate Warner. Warner killed him. Hmm. Give me a real commando. He's not. He's not decapitated by an F twenty two flying around the streets no. of L A. No. He's nah. that's not his material. No. Beans. 
Um, so she she kills a man, and then um, Jack runs up all of a sudden, tells her to keep moving, and they do. Jack kills another commando. Please take a drink. Yusef arrives with the car. Jack gets in. Jack, Yusef, and Wallace keep on firing as they drive into the uh, into the car. Jack takes a glancing round off of his arm. They all get in the car and they begin to drive off. And then all of a sudden, the back window explodes and a round rips through Jonathan Wallace's collarbone. And he begins bleeding profusely from the Yeah, neck. he's in he's in a bad way. <laughs> Shit went bad real fast. He is, man, but that man is determined. <laughs> yeah, so Jack says, we need to get you to a hospital. And Wallace says, uh... Nope. <laughs> Thanks. Just get me on a plane. I'll be fine. <laughs> this throat? This throat? I didn't need it. I didn't need any of this. I've got a different shoulder. These internals the other are just <coughs> on loan. I have my other ones in the shop. I'll be fine. Yep. So, uh,. As Jack puts pressure on Wallace's wound, we cut back to uh, the district office where David Palmer and his staff are continuing to watch reports on Marietta. And um, we see that the Marietta National Guard is uh, going a little bit overboard, uh, but they're letting some minor misdemeanors go unpunished. And David says, tell them to lock shit down. (laughs) By the way, do you know how large the Georgia Army National Guard is? I'm going to assume 400,000 people. It's 11,000 people. Oh, I was way off. Well, but <laughs> the, the population of Marietta as of 20... 11,000? It's like only like 60,000. <laughs> so like they have one National Guardsman for every five people in Marietta. And again, it is 4 a.m. Yeah. yeah, I like how subtle David is with just ordering essentially martial mm-hmm. law on this American city. Nope, fuck it. Block it all down. We're good. No. <laughs> nah, we're just gonna... If you could just murder everybody, that would be great. And like, this, this is something that just, came this just the militia, right? So this is essentially like if if Obama had ordered them to literally shut... Like, when the Bundy family took over that... Oh, that, that yeah. All right, martial law. That whole place. Fuck it. Lock it down. Kill everybody. Yeah. And they don't specifically bring it up like in this episode. And I don't know if it mattered, but like... Uh, in episode seven, I think, we... Uh, Someone had ordered U.S. troops out of major American cities. Like this, this does not seem to impact this at all. But like, again, they're like, I don't know why David trusts any military body at this point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's he he already knows that there are traitors within his ranks, right? Probably well, in the Joint Chiefs of Staff, definitely the Secretary. Or sorry, the head of the NSA, and he's just like, "Yeah, I'm gonna give the fucking National Guard and the Army carte blanche to just make me look Fuck as bad up. as possible." Yeah, no I mean, big deal. Here's a fun stat for you guys: like, uh, among Americans, trust in the police is lowest among African Americans. What? But they also they also make the most frequent 911 calls. It's like, yo, look, I don't trust you, but at least I know I you want got your a gun. help really badly. <laughs> so they was like. Yeah, I don't trust anybody, but I mean, y'all got all the guns. So what the fuck am I gonna do? <laughs> yeah, so I need somebody to try to do it. We're gonna at least try. I can't. Damn it. I can't call my friend Steve. He can't do a goddamn thing. So Palmer tells Lynn that uh, letting misdemeanors go unpunished is unacceptable, and that we need to enforce the rule of law and start arresting people right oh, now. Gosh. So Mike Novick 
suggest a Do we have curfew. to stick our head in a goddamn toilet if we hear the words rule of law on this show? <laughs> we probably should. There's a lot of drinking rules and not a lot of not a lot of like punch yourself in the dick <laughs> rules, which probably should mm. be. Um, so Palmer says, uh, yeah, go, go set a curfew and it's time for me to talk to the people. And he he tells Jenny Dodge to alert the, uh, the press corps that he's coming to talk to them. Uh, so we get a tiny clock. It's one 32. Please take a drink. Uh, and we come back to CTU where Tony lets Carrie know that LAPD has, uh, heard automatic weapons fire in studio city, LA, which way to go LAPD. We did it. And, uh, why don't you go ahead and check the coordinates against the uh, grids that Michelle was looking at? And as she does that, Tony goes to confront Michelle and tells her that, hey, guess what? The cops already found four bodies and uh, you need to talk right now because, hey, this doesn't matter if it's Jack. He needs our if he needs our help. We need to help him right mm-hmm. now. So kind of again, Tony can look past his general bias to be like, Let's just do the damn thing. Jack is doing something. I don't know if he's right or not, but he needs our help. So tell he's him. full of shit. <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah, we're going to help him by fucking bringing him and arresting him. Sling yeah, my maybe. dick at him. So Michelle says, I want to help you. But Jack was very clear that if CTU gets involved, we're going to lose the proof that this, the Cypress recording was fake. And uh, Tony says, we don't even fucking know if Jack's alive. Call him, idiot. <laughs> um and uh, Michelle gives him the number and says, we can't trace him, but we can talk to him. And uh, Jack takes a call. And what does he say to Tony just right off the bat? Stay out of it, Tony. Just stay yeah. out of this. <laughs> Back the fuck off, dude. You don't have the stomach for this shit. Yeah. And he tells, what does he tell Tony that David Palmer wanted from Jack? He said he needed proof about what's going on in Cyprus. Yeah. So, uh, so, and so Jack says, Wallace is only going to deal with me. And so Tony's just like, well, how do you know Wallace isn't using you? He's already killed all of his team. He's already played you like a fiddle. And, um, Jack just says, well, 10 commanders just tried to kill me to keep me from making a deal with him. Um, which is a pretty dope line to drop on somebody to like, as like counterproof, we're like, yeah, he just flopped his dick out there. Just so you understand, I I murdered a bunch of dudes trying to kill me too. Only yeah. there's only so many of us, and we we dropped him. So it's like these guys said he wasn't lying, <laughs> and I killed them all. By the way, I feel like this whole this whole conversation Jack is saying kind of subtly, son. Didn't I break all your shit up with just a punch just an hour ago? Maybe shut the fuck up and let me do well, my job. Well, then Tony says, like, the... You shouldn't even be here right Tony now. Tony says the worst <laughs> thing you can say to Jack. He says, hey, this is way too big for one person to handle. Even you. And I was like, okay, are you are you trying to make it worse, Tony? Because you just made it worse. Uh-huh. And it's also like, Tony, Jack just killed eight <laughs> people in four minutes. <laughs> like, on screen. And like, hey, by the way, we didn't drink for all of those. I did. I love you. That's that's why I trust you more than Michael. But like Jack just says, That's fine, Tony. And then he, he cuts he cuts off the phone for a second and says, Hey Yusuf, keep going straight. We got business to attend to. And just tells Tony, sorry, I can't do it, and hangs up. Cause he so um he respects Yusuf. Right. I think so. He's seen Yusuf he's seen Yusuf in action. 
He knows what he can do. He, Tony, he's never seen him kill a man. How does he know he can trust him? I mean, at this point, too, like, I, I trust Tony to do the, the admin work. Mm-hmm. Tony can manage some Excel spreadsheets. <laughs> I just saw Yusef very casually in the last episode try to, like, ask a man a question, <laughs> did not get an answer. <laughs> and then we did not get an answer. Notice that Kate Warner was in the alleyway with him and was like, hey, Kate, look away and pointed the gun at the man's eyeball. And his eye. <laughs> so, one, he's effective, and two, respective. He's just like, you know what? Respectful. <laughs> you don't need to see this. Please look away. I'm going to hurt this man. Right in his no eyeball. Problem. Yusef is is Jack, and that's fine. We cut to commercial at 134. We come back, it's 139, and uh, we see Kim arriving at the sheriff's station. I don't care about Kim. God damn it. Um, Basically, she gets-, she gets off of the hook for everything because they just know she didn't do anything now. Yeah, so she gets some good news because the basically <laughs> deputy reigns uh, hands her over to Sergeant Bob Amos, who just says, "Hey, we know Gary Matheson was a bad dude and did all the bad shit that we thought you did." Yeah, Gary's apparently a worse murderer than O.J. Simpson. <laughs> he just left all the evidence out. Like it's just it was immediately evident that he also, did the murder. Also, they said there's a witness that saw him kill Carla in his house. Yeah. <laughs> Also, what? she still escaped from police, and she has probably an unlicensed firearm that was used in a murder. Right. Oh, my God. My, you're adorable. <laughs> you think that matters. That's funny. Oh. You still have hope. That's fine. Yeah, That's good. so he... <laughs> Sergeant Amos tells her that um, she's off the hook for all the morning matters, <laughs> but once we got into those PM hours, ooh, shit gets a little <laughs> tricky. Particularly about you and Miguel's attempted to escape from custody, which was successful for Kim, not so much for Miguel. But hey, by the way, even though uh, Officer Brown was badly, badly injured in the fire you caused, he's going to live. So you're free to go. <laughs> right. No bail. No, no arraignment. See you later. Not even but, processed. Just but by the way, someone from CTU should call the DA. On your behalf, <laughs> we're, but we're not even going to hold you for another minute. Doesn't matter. It's four in the morning. You get to get yourself home because we've just what? processed you at four in the morning. What even is bail? <laughs> or I guess one thirty in the morning. Sorry, but yeah, uh, one forty and thirty-seven seconds because we get a tiny clock at one forty thirty-eight seconds. Please take a drink, and we see a black suburban racing through the streets while Jack is holding his hands to the wound and. Jonathan Wallace's neck, and um, uh, Kate is talking to someone at the CIA on the phone, trying to get Wallace's flight uh, cleared, uh, saying, like, don't worry, my dad's busy, I can approve the flight. And um, Basically, she's on the phone, talking- With a travel with agent. A tra- with the CIA <laughs> saying, like, CIA yeah, travel agent. please give me this super secret- travel thing even though i've literally never done this before and i'm yelling from the car saying things like what name should i give them as somebody's screaming in the background my father was arrested by a division of your agency earlier today um but totally (laughs) let me leave la you know the place where the bomb went off this has nothing to do with that bye yeah but i mean like i would assume like if you're like I'm just going by like John Mi- John Wick like matters when you call like, oh, a, you a, gold a, like a secretary and you're just like 
I need to, I need to call it a favor. <laughs> and like, they're just like used to you being in the field, just like under duress. And just like, I need to get this person out of the country. Oh, what does it say in your fake passport? Uh, Oh, William Peterson. Sure. Get this guy out of the country. And they're like, yeah, sure. No problem. Be there at uh 7 PM. Isn't that the guy from um, CSI? That's CSI. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Speaking, uh, speaking, I actually I missed it. It's William Patterson, not William mm, Peters. The author. Speaking, is, speaking uh, of yes, no English guys. <laughs> what? That's Bill. Wait, James Patterson. Bill Waterson. James Patterson. What? <laughs> Sam, you mean Sam Waterston, the the DA from Law and Order? No, the yes guy who did Calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, speaking of of of, uh, of John Wick, guys, if you want to feel real joy in your life, I need you to watch John Wick two. Get to the part where John is speaking to the sommelier and mentions that he wants a dessert. The mm. smile on the man's face is something that just brings joy to everybody. It's, it brings rainbows about. It's pure delight. <laughs> um, so Jack says, "Hey, I need you to give me the evidence before you die, <laughs> and or get on this plane, but." Probably option A. And um, he says, I give you my word. I'll get you out of this country. I will get your corpse right <laughs> out of this country. It. It'll be gone. Don't worry about it. And um, what, is, uh, what does Wallace say to him? I'll tell you. Um, so rather than responding, Wallace just says, uh, he just kind of responds to Jack's martial prowess back at the warehouse. This is, and, you know, because a couple episodes he said uh, uh, Colonel Samuels of Coral Snake said that Jack was a natural born killer. And here he he kind of follows up on that. He says, you know what, Jack? You were real badass back mm, there at the warehouse. Real badass. <laughs> and Jack just Jack just says, you son of a bitch. Take a drink. And uh, Wallace immediately starts losing air and starts gasping for breath. And uh, Jack removes pressure from his wound and jumps forward towards the uh, navigation unit in the center of the the uh what is that escalade not an escalade um expedition and uh using the ever present technology in a CTU vehicle finds an urgent care center finds that it's five blocks away and tells Yusuf to gun it over there we get a tiny <laughs> clock it's 142 real quick fam we yeah. talk about the fact that this security guard apparently has access to an Escalade that has fucking OnStar and an Arsenal in the back of it for some reason. Right. <laughs> I assume it was just Jack's and, car. And again, gave this car away for free. See, no, the security guard was just, that's Jack's car. He just had valeted it with the security because that's how Jack cool he is. Jack hasn't worked at the CTU for 18 months. What the fuck are you He valeted about? it when he got there. I shaved my beard. I'm good to go. <laughs> Give me all those fucking guns now. <laughs> Thanks. Also, Jack had been back at CTU for one hour. <laughs> like, officially back at CTU for one hour and got that mm-hmm. car. It's just like, uh, it's like, I know I've been gone for two years, Q. What do you have for me? Oh, of course, 007, <laughs> we have a tank in the form of an Aston Martin for you. Well, why in the dickens would we not have that available? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Why in the dickens? Um, so we get a tiny clock at 142. We see Tony talking on the phone, asking for IDs and weapon traces on all the dead bodies of the warehouse that Jack has killed. And Acme Corporation. 
It's says, I want to find out who these people people are and say says CT will take responsibility for all the people that Jack just fucking murdered. What? Which, is it responsibility or credit? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't count for them kills, bro. Do who federal agencies KD? have like body like KD ratio? Oh, you fucking know they do. Because you know can, they hey, do. if I was Tony, and like, hey, sorry, but like half my agency was blown up earlier, and be like. Gotta get that K that positive. Up. I need that positive KD. <laughs> need to get those yeah. Ks way up there. And again, it was like, I would want to claim Jack. Like, he does not seem to, like, I'm not saying that federal agencies have tracked KD ratios, <laughs> but if they did, I'd want Jack Bauer on my side. I think that's the reason that the NSA had to be actually, like, recognized a few years ago, because they always been like, we don't exist. We ain't got no deaths. Just all the kills. <laughs> and CIA is like, you know what? Fuck you guys. No, Fuck. you're real. No, I want to know. No, <laughs> this is going to be. We, we have to put a wall up for all of our kills. That's <laughs> true. They have stars. The FBI yeah. has to have names. They that's, that's, that really sucks. You lost Dave? You lost Jim? He's a star now. You don't does, know about Jim. Does CIA technically <laughs> have all of Vietnam, though, too? One What's way that? or another? That was, the, that was the army, fam. That's not. Mm-mm. Yeah, it was kind of CIA. They did some shit there. Um. Anyway, right before Tony says that, he gets a call from uh, Kim. And what does she say? Cool. I get to go home because I'm white. So She super casually says, hey, guess what, Tony? No one's going to charge me for murder or kidnapping a child. They're going to charge me for that sweet, sweet murder and kidnapping that I did earlier. So that's great. <laughs> But I might need some help with the DA about killing a cop. <laughs> but almost, almost killing a cop. Can you imagine saying this sentence to someone, no less a law enforcement officer? It's like, hey, guess what? Don't worry about the murder or kidnapping <laughs> charges. I'm fine. Those are sorted. What? But I might have incapacitated a cop. What? Can I help? Can you help me? What the no, best part? I'd have been shot already. The best part about it is. The murder is literally the only one of those things she didn't do. Everything right. else she actually did very did. much do. The kidnapping Like, twice. she should have to answer for it. Even if she's not found guilty of it, she should still have to deal with it. Right, it's like, oh I get that God. her dad's a, a bad person. She still kidnapped that yeah. kid. Y'all are adorable. <laughs> no, you no, are. no, we but do not Tony like... Even, we even don't like white people stealing white blonde children. No, no, Come I'm on. Not saying, I'm not saying you don't like it, but it's adorable that you think the justice system works like that. Hey, Curtis, you still a seven-year-old blonde kid? There are consequences. I don't care who hey, you are. Hey, hey Kush. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm very sorry. I'm sorry. There was a kid, <laughs> there was a, a white kid who raped a white girl by a garbage can. Yeah. And he got three months there were two witnesses yeah who were white too yeah one good, there, was, good there was there was there was a kid who ran over four people and he got probation and fled to mexico yeah, but he was rich though so 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 you're telling so what you're telling me michael is that you believe that, that the adorable white blonde daughter of a hero federal agent would be charged with any crime outside of actually Placing the nuke that that killed L.A. Fine. I love y'all and your optimism. But yeah, nah. I'm sorry. You're but no, nah, fam. Right. Yeah. This is real. This would happen. Well, Tony says he's going to call the DA 
And then what happens? <laughs> he says, I'm sure you'd rather be discussing this with your dad. And what is this? Some sick yeah, joke? I thought Tony? he was going to be like, yeah, too bad he's dead. But uh, so he realizes that she has not been told yet that her dad did not blow up in a nuclear explosion. Which, like, I don't know who he thought right? was going to tell her. Like, the cops, <laughs> the local cops were like, yeah, we heard on the news some guy didn't blow up. <laughs> it was a different guy. It wasn't that guy. It was the other guy. They've been singing the praises of Jackford Bauer on the news lately. Is that your father, Kim? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... Kim obviously wants to talk to him, but can't because Tony can't talk to him. So Jack and the others pull up to an urgent care center. We get a tiny clock. It's one forty-four, and uh, Jack and Yusuf help Wallace into the uh, the center. And Jack just says he runs in, and a redheaded nurse tells him, uh, "You can't go back there." When Jack asks to see a doctor, and um, Jack does a line because she says. Sir, I will call the police. And Jax is a line that I kind of have always wanted to right? deliver. And what does he say? Lady, I am the police. And then what does he do? He points a gun at her. For more oh, than for three a seconds, long, long, please take a drink. Time. And then she just says, well, let him in. <laughs> just to somebody who lets them in. And uh, they run back he to also an says we don't have time. Yeah. Oh, he says that too. Please take a drink. It, this is a boozy episode. Um, so they run back to an operating theater and a Dr. Spire runs in and asks him what happened. And Jack tells him that Jonathan Wallace's information related to national security. And that's all I can tell you. And Dr. Spire takes one look at his gaping gunshot wound and says, well, this is kind of a flu clinic, so I can't really help you. And you need a hospital. You need, you need to go somewhere where they have the equipment to patch up giant holes. And yeah. Jack once again says, there's not enough time. Uh, you need to do this right now. And Spire agrees to work on him and sends the nurse to get off some sutures, which should really do the trick on the gunshot wound. Oh, and then we cut. I gotta to give twenty four credit here. This is actually accurate. Like there, there is a serious situation. It, it, there, you need to be a trauma one center essentially to be able to handle that kind of gunshot wound. Oh yeah, and there aren't that many of them in the country. Nah. So yeah, you just can't walk into a clinic and be like, "Yo, fam, <laughs> get, this, get this gun, get <laughs> after that." <laughs> My boy's jugular is bleeding. I'd love for you to patch that one up. Which, by the way, later in the episode, the guy just is like, "Oh, I can patch up the bleeders." I'm like. You mean the jugular. <laughs> that's not a bleeder. That's a pipeline. I, okay. I don't think he hit that jug. He'd been dead already. Okay. Jugular. Yeah, fair. Um, By the way, so, if, if somebody ever tells me they're going to call the police, I'm definitely going to say, lady, I am the police. <laughs> <laughs> just just for fun. It's like, uh, I'm just kidding. I just wanted to say Please that. don't call the police, um, though. I'm just going to say fuck the police and point a gun at her. <laughs> and then I will shout because I, I will be with you. I am the police. And then I don't know. The police um, was the friends we, we made along it. the way. <laughs> <laughs> we cut to an actual hospital and where we see a phone ringing next to a bed. And we pan out and we see that it's uh, Miguel. Oh, Miguel. He can move his, his arms. I thought he was we... completely paralyzed. Yeah, no, he's moving around. He's doing good. We mm -hmm. last saw him in the back seat of uh, 
the police SUV. So that's good. Yep. And Kim proceeds to have the most one-sided, non-emotionally aware conversation I think I've ever heard in my life. And, Does she even um, ask him like how he is or what happened or how he got out or anything? Okay. Absolutely not. She nope. basically just says, uh, don't worry. The police know that Gary killed Carla and we're not going to be charged with anything except for escape. And Miguel says, well, that's good. And she says, good? Uh, it's great. Everything's going to be fine. Oh, God. So I'm not going to lie, fellas. I literally wrote this as this episode was playing for me. Um, I wrote what Miguel essentially says to her is, I'm going to be okay, Kim. Right? I'm I'm all right. I think everything's okay. I just need to amputate you from my life. <laughs> and that's all he wanted to yeah. do. Intriguing. Uh-huh. Um uh-huh. so Miguel or Kim just says, um, sorry. So Kim says, Well, you say you're fine. You don't sound like you're fine. And Miguel says, Well, you know, I'm sorry, but I I just shouldn't let you talk me into any of this stuff. And Kim says, Well, it worked out fine. And Miguel says, well, it worked out for you. I'm still in the hospital. I've lost a a lot of weight, Kim. I've lost a lot of weight. And Miguel says, yeah, I'm going to be fine. But I'm going to be fine without you. Yeah. Because I don't want to see you anymore. Pretend like you're my and, left leg. And <laughs> Miguel doesn't really give her a straight answer. And Kim just says, I want to see you again. And Miguel says, no. And then just, we're over. And then he hangs up. And this hurt me in the more hotel than hurt room you, after the hang up, we pan around the side of the bedside table, and what do we see? Stump. Stump. It was <laughs> his right. It was his right leg. Oh, it was. He right. lost. It, he lost yeah. his kicking leg. That was his spin kick leg. He hit <laughs> Gary with that that vicious kick. It's gone now. Which again, you don't touch Gary Matheson without consequences. <laughs> he will have his due. <laughs> And again, you don't really touch Kim Bauer without consequences. Things will come back to haunt don't you. Ever I would say, her. though, if, if I had to choose between being paralyzed or just missing a leg from the knee down, like, I'm definitely taking the missing leg. Like, people can run in the fucking Olympics with just missing that part of your leg. Yeah, but, like, knowing that you don't have a leg because you associate yourself with Kim Bauer is just because you think back, oh, God, she said the dumbest shit ever. Like, she was so dumb. Why did I do that? Just why? Oh, Miguel. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. I'm, I'm pre I'm remembering something. You're, wait, did you say pre remembering? What? Are you a pre cog? <laughs> what, what yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, so we cut to commercial after seeing Miguel's uh, um, kind of. Uh, amputated leg. He, Stu- yeah. Stump. After seeing his amputated leg uh, above the knee, we cut After the commercial at one forty-seven. And you got a boner. Whoa! Wow! God. Ew. <laughs> okay. Wow. I'm just saying. Sometimes it's going to creep up at the least opportune time, and this might have been it. Yeah. You're. Wow. Bring some harsh energy to the show. <laughs> we come back. It's uh, one fifty-one. We see Michelle up in Tony's office, and she says, "Hey, I know I broke the rules, but um, I know I work for you, and I won't blame you if you fire me." And Tony just says, I know CTU is supposed to be supporting the president and the rest of the country, and I need to account for all of my actions. And Michelle says, I was just defending Jack in an impossible situation, and I needed to help him do all the all I could to prove that the Cypress recording was fake. 
And Tony says, where's that proof? Huh? We have nothing. We don't even have Jack. And um, she asks, he asks her, what do you want from me? What does he want? What does she want from her? <laughs> the truth. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> okay, Tony. <laughs> Michelle just says, I just wanted to say I'm sorry. And Tony just tells her to get back to work. And he she leaves and he watches her go. And we get another 10 o'clock. It's 153. And we see David Power being debriefed by General Belay, who's a new guy who we don't even know about. Uh, Has he been on law You mean Hank? You mean Hank? No, this is not Hank. <laughs> no, it's a different. Ge- yeah, it's a different general. This is General Blay, yeah, not right. General Sorry. Bowden. Ah, yes. <laughs> um, and we learn that the bombers are en route to target within three hours. And um, Palmer very specifically asks about the communication with the pirates or pilots, <laughs> not pirates. <laughs> and uh, Blay says they can be back, ordered back at any time. And uh, but he once again asks. Hey, can we lock down this mission? No. What you won't? You there? just told me they could be called back at any time. Curtis, what are you up to? Oh, uh, what? Uh, what you is this son of a Toy Story bitch. horror show. What are we talking about? I don't, I don't know what you're referring to. You're okay. I thought you, okay, you were rewinding it very quickly. I was not. Is this Toy Story 2? What? What is it? Is it 2 or 3? I haven't seen 3. You never saw 3? Oh, are you kidding me? I actually cried at 3. Wow, okay, sorry. So, remember Jesse's song in two? Yeah. Yeah, three is just that played out for all the toys. <laughs> yeah, Literally. cool. That sounds like a really it's good a way to spend two hours good time of my life. <laughs> that you should definitely see. I spend two hours a week talking with you dipshits like this. <laughs> I don't have time to watch, be sad about shit. <laughs> hey, they're, they're opening Toy Story Land soon, man. You can go and live it. And be a yeah. toy that gets abandoned by your friend. Okay, I felt that way about <laughs> Up. Like, why would I go watch a kid's movie to be horribly, horribly because sad? Because kids need yeah, to first... know that shit happens. Yeah, yeah no, no, the no, first no, no. Ten kids need up that is, shit. That kids is... need to, to know that it's not all, like, Raisin Bran and rainbows. <laughs> Here's the thing, <laughs> though. I'm going to tell you all right now. The, the, just so you guys know, the kids don't that get it, right? My oldest son watched The Lion King, and all he thinks is that Mufasa's sleeping. And I have to be the one who has that emotional weight on him when he just says, Daddy, I'd wake you up if you were asleep. And I'm like, oh, God, just nope. Mm-hmm. It's the worst. Well, yeah, that, that's the thing, though. It's like, <laughs> I I, I did not get that about Lion King when I was five or six years old. But I don't need to subject myself to three hours of fucking depression for toys. Oh, oh, but you can watch two and a half hours of Brett or of uh Leonardo DiCaprio getting raped by a bear. That look, <laughs> what? Look, hey, my one. Own. I think you vastly missed the point of that movie. Also, two. That movie was vastly depressing, but also very beautiful. At, at the end of the day, that was the bear's home. Leo wandered into it. All right, that's not the well, bear. Actually, fault. and two things. One, that movie taught me that I would not survive at any point. <laughs> Around before bears. 1970, <laughs> probably. <laughs> Two, apparently, Toy Story 3 just teaches you that everyone you love will abandon you and hates you at a certain point. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bear yeah. is just the bear. Speaking the of which, just the bear. True Speaking story, of which, though. Hey, 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 Michael, remember when you made me walk through an active wolf territory to go fucking tubing? 
We had a great time, and though. A, and have a snowball fight? Fuck you, friend. We saw wolf prints everywhere. I mean, but then I hit Alex Evans in the face with a snowball. That's true. Look at these big fucking dogs. <laughs> anyway, uh, we get a time clock. It's 153. Blaze says, uh, don't worry. We can call back the bombers anytime." And uh, Mike Novick walks in and tells David there's been a development <laughs> in Marietta. A little bit of an escalation. <laughs> After the aggressive posture that the National Guard took, what happened? You know what happened. Uh, they killed some they people. F- well, they, they decided to fire rubber bullets into the crowd, as you do. There were two fatalities. But interestingly enough, fatalities on both sides of the disturbance? Yeah. Yep. Which? One militia member. Oh, God. And one Muslim child. Yeah. Which, again, really goes back to the point that it is 4 a.m. <laughs> Actually, coming up on 5 a.m. The militia guy, yeah, he's a zealot. He's going to be outside. Might catch a rubber bullet in <laughs> oh, the yeah, dick and Oh, yeah, he's got, die. like, news alerts set up for this shit. But, like, who woke up their five-year-old and was like, hey, guess what? Time to get out <laughs> in the White people are rioting out in the street. <laughs> we should probably go down there and see what they're rioting yeah. about. Pretty good time to go plead our case <laughs> right now. You know, we should be seen in the neighborhood being good citizens. Wake up, kids. Bring your blankies. Bring your bears. Let's go. Hey, I will say this. When I was a kid growing up in the South in Florida and I learned about the Ku Klux Klan, I literally thought at all times, hey, hey, mom and dad, are they going to come burn the cross on our lawn tonight or tomorrow? Like, when do uh. we need to leave the house? So, you know. Who knows what this kid was thinking? Who knows what happened? But they but brought him out to the streets in front of the National Guard. Well, we don't know if it was 4 a.m. and they were protesting. They were they were marching in front of their houses because it was all they were going after the Muslims, right? So we don't know. It's true. It's true. Um, yeah. So Mike says, "Well, the National Guard might need to take a, take a step <laughs> back and remove themselves from the situation." Uh, and Lynn says, "Well, we can't do that because now everyone will be unprotected." So uh, basically. Lynn goes to find out what they can do after this, and we get a tiny clock. It's one fifty-six, and we see Jack washing blood off his hands as Doctor Spire puts Jonathan Wallace's X-rays up against the screen, and uh, he shows Jack where the bullet is, and he confirms that it did in fact miss the jugular, yep, but, but there is a lot of damage, mm-hmm. and that while he can close off a lot of the bleeders, he can't <laughs> save, he can't get the bullet out of Wallace without sur- major surgery. And um, Jack says, well, I don't have time for this. You just need to do something because this has something to do with the bomb that went off earlier. And we this is vital to national security. And Spire gets back to work. And uh, he's about to tell the nurses to sedate Wallace. But what does Jack say? <laughs> Classic Jack move. Nah, he needs to feel all this pain so he can tell me the stuff that he knows. It's like, he needs to live, so we need to put him through a terrible, terrible torment. <laughs> he just needs to live long enough every to tell me this stuff. And he Jack can't tell me none of that place. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's not going to be able to tell me anything if he's asleep. And he's probably still going to die anyways. And what does Yusef tell him? He's basically, yeah, he's going to die anyways. He's going to die no matter what yeah. you do. And uh, Jack says, well, you better hope he doesn't. And uh, Kate walks up and tells Jack that we have a confirmed flight departure from the CIA for 3.45 a.m. And she's like, you know he's not going to give us any information until he's on the plane. 
And Jack just says, don't worry, the rules have changed and I still won't let you get on. And Spire starts to dig into Wallace's (laughs) shoulder to dig the bullet out. And Wallace starts freaking the fuck out. um, And then immediately throws Spire off and says, I'm going to die. I'm going to (laughs) die. I'm not going to make it. And he tells Jack, he, he motions Jack over. And what does he tell him? He tells him that the evidence is on a memory chip. Uh, and that the audio, the undoctored audio files will prove that the recording was a fake. Um, and Jack tries to ask where it was, where it is, and it's, it's, it's inside. Inside. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's God. inside the computer. No, man. I knew it. I knew what he meant the moment he said it. <laughs> I wrote down, yo, fam. You pulled the fifth element joint? <laughs> okay, Plava Laguna. I see what you did. <laughs> the memory oh, chip is the has <laughs> been inside of you all along. So obviously You didn't need the wizard at all. And dies. <laughs> and Jack walks away and looks just positively broken. And Yusuf I do ask what they're gonna do. And Jack says, I don't know. And he leans over the table with his head is in hands. And we see, in a split screen, Jack is holding his hands in front of the x-ray table. Kim is sitting in the sheriff's station waiting to be released. Michelle and Tony are working alongside each other at CTU. And David Palmer and his folks in the NROC continue to watch reports of violence in Marietta. And Jack peers up at the x-ray table. And he sees something. A thin line. What What does he see? It's the memory chip embedded deep in Jonathan Wallace's ribcage. And he walks over and pulls up Wallace's shirt and sees some recent stitches. Does anyone know if the the defib- defibrillator would have fucked with the memory chip? Fried. Yeah. Fried the memory chip. I feel like it chip? would have. Maybe. Maybe. Also, where do you go but, to get memory chips hidden inside your own body? Or do you just do that yourself? I think it's a homebrew situation. Mm, okay. But... But, but fam, <laughs> how are you going to provide this evidence to Jack after you cut off the plane? Like, I don't. Also, yeah, that's something he's like, I'm just going to dig into my thing. <laughs> just look away for a second. Um, so anyway, um, Jack looks up and sees a thin line in the x-ray and realizes that Wallace has hidden the memory chip inside his rib cage. So he walks over. And slices up this corpse and then raw dogs his way inside <laughs> Wallace's chest with no gloves and just, just rips out a memory Wallace. card. He's already dead. And just says, <laughs> we got it. And no one there is like, shit, dude. <laughs> you could have put on some gloves or something. Gloves, man? <laughs> Anything? Oh man! I don't know, like some forceps. <laughs> Fuck. Well, it was—it's kind of like a metaphorical, right? Because when he gets there, you know, when he hands him over to the doctor and he's washing the blood off of his hands that he had on his hands, right? And he's like, "Look, I got him to the doctor. I did the right thing. I'm washing this blood off my hands." And then he's like, "Oh no, shit!" But that it's inside you. Yeah, I'm gonna get my blood, my head, hands all bloody again, real fast, though. Because I still got shit to do. I just feel like I need it (laughs) for me. It's just like for me. I just, it doesn't feel right if I don't just get nasty. (laughs) 
I just want to be nasty with it. Yeah, like, I... Anyway, so we close the episode. Jack has the bloodstained memory chip in his hands, and we cut to commercial. It is... Or, sorry, we cut to black. It's 159 to 59 seconds. So, we got some proofs now. Cypress mm-hmm. Audio is fake. You think we still go into war? I mean, this is a pretty complicated cabal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There may mm-hmm. be some more. There may be some pre-war coming. <laughs> pre-war. It's pre-war. <laughs> well, we, we David I mean, the, has the VP is ex- fucking Widmore. He's gonna do something. That's a good point. He's David has more. already explicitly rejected the notion of uh, pre-strikes. There's no pre-com on this. You know, he also rejected the the concept of having a shadowy cabal uh, undermining his authority as president, but they didn't seem to give a shit about that. True. True that. True that. Yeah. Um, Do we think this information is going to get to David and CTU in the next episode? No, it's going to take a while. I mean, we only have two at least. We only have five, no, mm. six more hours. After what's this. the what's yeah. the mole situation? We yeah, do Curtis, we have one? We got, a, we got we got a mole. So Curtis, you there mm. are a number of easy suspects for moles yeah. right now. Who who's your best guess uh, right now? I, I wish. Well, I mean, essentially, the person who works as like the head of IT is either dead or a mole. So carries something. <laughs> so yeah, that's easy. So you th- well, so if Carrie's dead, do you think Michelle's the mole? I she did so much good work they, for Jack. They, they, they've, they've made her such the like the literal Nina of this season that it seems like it'd just be lazy writing to make her the mole at this point. But I don't in know. A, in a fuck show, what? <laughs> Get out of here! And it's not Tony. He didn't have an end to be a mole. But I'm just gonna stick with Carrie for right now. Okay, fair enough. Um, I think big question is so Jonathan Wallace. Dead. Mm-hmm. He was the last surviving member that we know of of the Coral Snake unit, but he's not no, the commander. No, he's not. I'm about to say, we well, still ain't met the colonel. Not the commander of Coral Snake. Mm. Colonel Samuel. You think, he's, you think Samuel's coming back? The colonel's coming. You think Colonel's coming? He's got to be coming. Well, you, Jack you needs think? a nemesis. He needs a nemesis. Yeah. Do you know what nemesis means? <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, so Curtis, how, when do you think uh, Jack is going to run into a immovable object? I think we're going to meet the colonel in the next episode, but he Jack won't meet him until there's like three episodes left so he can have a showdown. Do you think Do you think the colonel is going to be better or worse than the, uh, what was it, Dennis Hopper reveal from last season? I I hope it's better. Like, I, I want the colonel to be, you know, whatever, whoever Jason Statham was in 2003. <laughs> I don't even know who that was at this point in time. Like, I mean, Benjamin Brad. Dennis Hopper was only a fun reveal because it was Dennis right. Hopper and the show had no <laughs> business having, like, Dennis Hopper, no matter what his accent ridiculousness was. Like, the show had no business with Dennis yeah. Hopper being on it. It's not Anthony Hopkins. I'll just give it, I'll give you that. Yeah. God, but, you know who you know who I want it to be? Tom Hanks. <laughs> nope. Nope. Denzel Washington. Ving, nope. Uh-uh. Ving Rams. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. I want it to be Ving Rams. I know who it is and I want it to be <laughs> Ving Rams. And I actually like maybe I like, really, could be could be Ving Rams. <laughs> yeah, Fuck. I need I need I need Ving Rams in my life right now. Cause he just 
he plays Ving Rhames in every movie, and he's, but he's, but he's the great. best at it. Yeah, they they cast Ving Rhames like you know we need this this role Ving Rhames like Ving Rhames type. No, no. <laughs> we need just, a Ving Rhames like Mission Impossible. It's like, hey, we need Ving Rhames in a fedora. You got it. Four <laughs> movies done. Sold. No problem. I mean, the, the man makes me consider eating Arby's. I don't do it, but his voice makes me consider it at least. <laughs> they do the have meats. the meats. Wait, is Ving Rhames the commercial voice of Arby's? Yeah. Yes, sir. He does not say we've got the meats. That is yep. not him. That is Ving Rhames, my friend. Absolutely not. <laughs> that is that is that is Ving. Oh, we have the meats. <laughs> it can't be. You know what I'm I saying? refuse. Holy shit! <laughs> Do you, know, you think I'm lying about Ving Rhames? Why would I lie to you about Ving Rhames ever? <laughs> I would never lie to you. Why? Why would he do it? Oh my god, his name is Irving Ramsey's Rain. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> We've got the Vings. <laughs> Why? Because All it right. works. Because they were like, hey guys, we make the worst food. How, how do you think we could actually sell it? Well, I bet you put Ving Rams in the commercial. People might buy your meat. I mean, I've thought about it just because of that voice. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, well, Curtis, any big predictions for the next couple episodes? Um, we'll meet the colonel next couple episodes. Uh, David will come closer to the cabal, but won't realize it for at least another three episodes, I think. Um, and Kim's gonna piss me off. So, there you go. She's gonna do something else stupid. I am Just because Kim. Do you think that the cabal is gonna be defeated? No. Revealed. Okay. So somewhat by some people, not okay. defeated. That's ridiculous. That's the last oh. episode shit. Well, I'm not next episode. By end of the season is what I was gonna ask. Um, it's interesting. But seeing as I think that the vice president is a pretty big part of the cabal, it's possible they they're not defeated this this season. Interesting. Okay. Cool. Well, we are gonna get to that and more. The next couple episodes. But, uh, gentlemen, it's been lovely talking with you. Everyone, if you like this show, you can find out more information at goodbuddymedia.com. Um, I'm not even going to continue the lie that we write blog posts about it, but, you know, whatever. Um, but you can also find out more information about our sister show, Trends in Low Places, in which Michael and I, and occasionally joined by our good buddy Curtis, uh, we break down random stupid internet stories we talk about stories from our lives and really just kind of dunk on the stupidest stories that we can find on the internet um so if you like the show you will almost certainly like that one because it's just us dunking on stupid shit um so we we love to hear from our fans both on this show and in trends in low places and you can reach us at goodbuddymedia at gmail.com um we love to hear from our fans we uh sorry you can shoot us an email there, and uh, whether you want to share a theory about the show or tell Curtis why uh, Tom Hanks sucks, um, whatever you want to share on the, on the show, we'd love to hear from you. We read every message you get, and uh, we want your message. So, uh, Curtis, how else can people help us out? You can help us out by realizing that Tom Hanks is the greatest actor of all time. Uh, also, you can help <laughs> us out by, uh, if you guys want to help us, just go ahead and subscribe to this show. Or our other show, Trends in the Low Places, on the podcast app of your choice, whether it be iTunes, that's your Podbean podcast addict. However you get podcasts, uh, go ahead and add our shows on that application. Um, and when you do, 
please uh, like and comment on our shows. That way we can move up the charts and continue to move towards being a podcast juggernaut. Um, but yeah, do that for us and that would be awesome. Anyway, Michael, how can the folks help us on the old social medias? Yes, you can find us at uh, Twitter and Facebook by searching for Longest Days of Our Lives or by doing the at LDuelCast, L-D-O-O-L. And when you do, please give us a like or retweet a share. Um, You know, tell tell your friends about us, uh, whether it's this show or the other show. Um, You know, just... uh, just keep getting us out there word of mouth because that's how we that's how we grow. And, uh, you know, eventually when we're a podcast juggernaut, we'll remember all of you little people. No, we won't. That's true. Mm-hmm. We won't at all, though. No. I, no, fuck <laughs> you. The, the 45 to 50 people who have consistently downloaded every single one of our episodes, when we're getting the big numbers, <laughs> 75, 100 downloads a month. You won't be remembered. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Y- your your contribution to our massive, massive su- success will not be remembered. Nah. Don't even bring that shit to our table. But continue to bring it because we need it. <laughs> really? Right but Please. fuck, we won't care about you one bit. No. Well, gents, it's been lovely talking with you. Love you, buddy. How do I do it? <laughs> Gentlemen, we're running out of time. Toodles. Toodles. <laughs>